0: Welcome to the Fertility Stories Podcast. This is your host, Mary Sodden, naturopath and fertility coach. I help women go from frustrated, overwhelmed, and isolated to calm, confident, and in control of their fertility. I'm passionate about helping women get pregnant and stay pregnant. Each week, I have a real and empowering conversation with everyday women and men struggling with fertility to bring you hope, comfort, and support. This is our story. Welcome to the Fertility Stories podcast. My guest today is Kira Nevins. Kira is a fertility coach from Boston, Massachusetts, and received her coaching certificate through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which focuses on holistic health and the mind-body connection. She also received a certificate from the Science of Wellbeing course offered through Yale, which focuses on positive psychology and how to live a better and happier life. Her journey through infertility led her to a new passion and purpose to support and empower women to own their fertility story and break through the taboo of infertility. Welcome to the podcast, Kira.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for that introduction. That was wonderful.
0: Awesome. Can you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Yes, I would love to. And I honestly just want to say like, thank you for creating this space for women to speak about their infertility and opening it up so that people don't feel so alone. I think it's so important. Mm,
0: Thank you. Yes. (laughs) It was born
1: through my own struggles as well with infertility. Yes. It's, it's, it's wonderful what you're doing and I think it's just so great and important to talk about it. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, yeah. So a little bit about myself. So I actually, I worked in the fashion industry for about 10 years and was a jewelry buyer and loved it. And then over the past few years, I've, um, developed a new passion for health and wellness and mind body connection. And I'm just like a super nerd for self improvement books and podcasts Mm -hmm. and just love learning. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, I just I love the energy from people and hearing other people's stories. And so um, excited to be here. But I'm also a mom of twin girls through IVF. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a son who is five and was born uh, right after the twins, he's actually a year and one week. So almost, missed, wow. almost gets that Irish triplet uh, title. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> I know. Um, and so his story is actually pretty, um, pretty incredible. So we were, uh, the twins were only a few months old. And mm-hmm. um, I had my mom coming over to the house, I actually developed an umbilical hernia from the twins. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So a few months after they were born, it was really painful. And um, we had scheduled the surgery to go in, so I had you know, all the troops set up. My mom was coming over to take care of the twins, and my husband was going to get ready to take me to the hospital, and then I had had just like a regular checkup with my primary care doctor two days before, and she took a routine pregnancy test because she knew I had the surgery, mm-hmm. and then um, I got a call from her that we were pregnant, so we had to cancel the surgery,
0: <laughs> wow. and I was
1: already four months pregnant with my son, so it was just wild. Like We never... You know, obviously, I'm here to talk about my infertility journey and my husband Mm -hmm. and I never could have imagined we would have had, you know, three kids under one. (laughs) So it's it's pretty wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, Yeah. You're a pretty busy lady. (laughs) Tell us a bit more about your fertility journey. Yes. Okay.
1: So my fertility journey is definitely a long one. It's been a decade of family building um and lots of learning and growth on, along the way um and so yeah feel free to interrupt me at any time mm-hmm. but i feel like i can kind of tell it in two different stories um so the first journey was just you know beginning our family building we we definitely wanted children um mm-hmm. and my husband is wonderful he's my soulmate. we met when i was um 19 and he was 21 so we been together for so long now um and we got married relatively young at 25 but we had been together you know for six years at that time and we both i was working my dream job um in fashion and um Mm -hmm. when we got married i actually birth control and like we weren't ready right away but you know my sister had a baby my best friend had a couple of babies so like we knew we wanted them soon um but Mm -hmm. we gave ourselves a, a couple years and then when we were 27 I was like, okay, this hasn't happened. Let's like really, you know, like nail this down. And, um, so I started with ovulation kits and all of that. And mm-hmm. I really had a tough time with those. I could never nail it down. Um, and then eventually after a year we did the fruit, we went to a fertility doctor, which, you know, I, I remember at the time it just being such a, a such a big leap for us as mm-hmm. all of these different steps are that we find ourselves in and in fertility. Right. right. So, um, So then, you know, we went to the fertility doctor, we got all the testing done and we um, were diagnosed with unexplained infertility. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we were hopeful that um, we would be able to build our family. But um, so we started through the process and we started off with Clomid, which even again, I remember that being such a big leap um, Mm -hmm. at the time. And we did that for a few months. Then we did... um, like four rounds of IUI, and that was not wow. successful. And then um, so now at this point, I was 29. And you know, I kind of just knew I, I had been off birth control now four years. And we really had come to that point that crossroads of discussing IVF. Um, and for me, it was, you know, I didn't realize but with it really, I think I was so worried about what other people would think of. And I was ashamed and embarrassed and felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a rough time. And I just, you know, we were keeping all of this like a secret from everyone. And um, and I didn't realize like, you know, my unconscious beliefs that stemmed from my Irish Catholic upbringing made me mm-hmm. feel like IVF was wrong. And so, you know, my husband and I, at this time we would actually go for really long walks. We'd wake up before work. We had our dog, Banksy, um, who's 11 now, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a golden doodle. And we would go on like an hour walk before work. And we really just stayed so connected during this time. And I remember having this conversation around IVF and, you know, my husband explained it to me, like, if we had cancer, if you had cancer, you would take all of the scientific advances available for mm-hmm. that and medicine, you know, and it really just helped me view it from a different standpoint. And so I was like, all right, I'm in. And I was all excited. And I was like, this means like this has to work. We're young. And, you know, we didn't have, we, we were unexplained. Mm -hmm. And then of course our first IVF failed and we were just devastated. Like I just was like, Oh my gosh, maybe we aren't going to be parents. And it was really rough, but, um, so that was kind of to where the self advocacy stepped in. And I, for the second round of IVF, said I want to put in the last two embryos that we had. Mm -hmm. And then that resulted in our beautiful twin girls. Um, so yeah, but it was definitely like at the time, um, I was working full time and I I wasn't telling anyone about the IVF. So I had to come up with all of these different excuses for all of the fertility Mm -hmm. consultations. Like, and I just was like, okay, how many times can I go to the dentist? Like I would just Mm -hmm. try and come up (laughs) with whatever new excuse that I could think of. And that was, you know, so stressful at the time. But, um, and then even after giving birth to my Twins, and then having my son so soon after, I was like, Oh, this even just like helps me conceal my issues even more, Mm -hmm. which is just not, you know, not a good way of living. I wasn't living in my truth, and I think, you know, subconsciously by not telling people, I was really holding on to that shame still. Mm -hmm. Um, and so finally, when my twins were two and my son was one, I actually met a neighbor down the street who's now one of my best friends, and she had done IVF and I had never met anyone that had done it. And it just goes to show like how important support is and talking with other people, you know, and finding your people. And so through her, I I just loved her openness and and I was just, you know, wanted to be that way. And I did, I knew it was the best decision I ever made. So I was like, why am I hiding this? And I just told everybody and Mm -hmm. it just was like the best feeling ever. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So at the start,
0: nobody knew, like no, no friends, no family. So I
1: either. had, so my, my parents did know, um, oh, okay. my, my two sisters knew, my brother didn't know my, my, um and my best friend and then my husband's parents, but like his sister didn't know. So it was kind of like mm-hmm. very select few people um, right. that did know. So it was funny. It was kind of like coming out, like I was just telling everyone, yeah. all my friends, and they were like. Mm-hmm like you know some of them were like uh we definitely figured you know because they knew I wanted kids and then some were just so surprised and they were like why would you not have told me like I could have been there to support you and
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: so yeah it was it was really nice like everybody was so supportive of it um and it just really made me realize like how important it is to just like step into yourself you know and just be open and um so yeah so
0: Let's unpack um, a little bit. Like, yeah. Why? Why was there such a, a block in terms of sharing your your IVF or fertility journey with other people? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I think it was like I said. Jeff, I was just I felt like embarrassed, and I was so worried about what other people would think at the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted this like, you know, image that like I was ashamed that our body that my body wasn't working, and then, um, like I said, I'm i i I was grown, um, grew up Irish Catholic, and so Mm -hmm. I think unconsciously those beliefs kind of weighed heavily that I didn't really necessarily believe and agree with, but they just Mm -hmm. kind of were, you know, from my upbringing in the back of my head. So it just took, I think, um, a different mindset to kind of step out of that, you know, and into my truth. So.
0: What helped you shift, like, from that um, mindset of keeping it to yourself to being more open, more authentic?
1: Yeah, um, I think it was just like, as I stepped into motherhood, I was like, I just learned so much about myself, and I also was like, I, I, I want to be the kind of person that like stands with conviction behind my choices. And I want my kids mm-hmm. to feel that way. And I never would want them to feel ashamed of how they were conceived. If, mm-hmm. if I wasn't telling anyone, you know, and, right. um, and then just like I said, even meeting my, my good friend that had gone through it and just realizing I wasn't alone, and that other people like are going through this, and mm-hmm. it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't something
0: to be ashamed of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How did infertility or the whole process of the fertility jury, how did it change you?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I haven't even gone through my second part yet. But <laughs> oh my gosh. Was- <laughs> yes. So but like should I start there? Cause I do oh, think sure, that yes. oh, will yes. um so my second experience. So then as I said, I I I or I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but I am one of four. Um mm-hmm. and I'm so close with my family um and had such a wonderful childhood. And so I always really wanted four kids. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: ironically, the second, the second journey after my third kid was actually almost harder, I think, than going through um, my first infertility challenges, which seems crazy. But I think it was because this time around, you know, I was arguing with my husband over having a fourth child and Mm -hmm. he was, he really was not on board. And so he finally, after like eight months, I convinced him when the kids were three, three and a half that we could try. But he was like, I'm not doing any assisted reproductive technology. I'm not doing any help, like if it mm-hmm. happens naturally. So this is when then I became really obsessive over my diet, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, reading all the like, it starts with an egg, which is yes. a wonderful book and filled with great knowledge. But mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I was at that point where I was like, staring at a plastic bottle, like blaming it for the reason I wasn't yeah. pregnant, you know, I was just driving mm-hmm. myself crazy. And I wasn't coming from a place of empowerment, empowerment, because I didn't have the support of my husband, really. And I was like, just like living on this autopilot, you know, of I'll only be happy when I have this fourth baby, which Mm -hmm. just sounded, you know, I didn't realize why I was so tied to that belief. And so and even at, I remember one of, you know, we all have these kind of like low points in our journeys. And I was like, just living in this state of anger. And I I was—I um, had just got a new car, and I pulled into this parking lot in CVS, mm-hmm. and I literally hit a parked. Car. Oh no! <laughs> you know, I hit a freaking parked car because it just shows you where my headspace is at. And I mm-hmm. just started crying, and I was like, "Oh my God, I just need to do something different."
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: this was only—this was probably a, year and a half ago—and it was nice because um, at this point there. And now the fertility community community is is wonderful and beautiful. And mm-hmm. the support everyone's showing, there's a big Instagram community, but yes. you know, back, back eight years ago, when I was going through this, I, I didn't, we didn't have it, or at least I didn't, you know, find it. Um, and so after I hit the parked car, I was like, all right, I need, I need some support. I'm going to call a fertility coach. And so I did my research and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I called and, um, you know, I had one of those experiences, like out of body, where I kind of just heard myself on this call. And at the end of the call, I was like, "Okay, can I pay you through Venmo so my husband doesn't have to know?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I was just like, I, after the call, I hung up and I was like, "Okay, Kira, this does not feel right. Like right. this, this is not like this. Mm-hmm. This, is, this just does not feel right. You have to figure this out." And so, at this point, um, my husband actually had got a new job at work, and I was fortunate enough to be able to to leave work and I, I started really getting into this like passion I was telling you about with like self-improvement and Mm
0: -hmm. realizing
1: that, you know, life coaching and fertility coaching was a thing and how can I like explore this? And so um, that's when I I actually left my jewelry job and I started my own self-healing and I signed up for that Institute of Integrative Nutrition course Mm -hmm. and just really learned about holistic health and looking at the person as a a whole and Mm -hmm. understanding you know you can like kind of going back to that point earlier you can be this like healthiest diet ever uh restricting yourself vegan but if you don't have that full view of health as in your relationship isn't strong or you know your spirituality or career like it's just not going to work so that that was just really, really great. And like, I was able to really identify and tie into that belief system of why was I so fixated on a fourth. And Mm -hmm. like, I felt like it was the only way I could be happy, because that's what I had as, as a child. But really, if I was like listening to myself, I mean, I had these wonderful kids and our house is beautifully chaotic at home trust me it's never <laughs> quiet you know right. and I was I was struggling like to balance my relationship and working full time with them and I just wasn't listening to myself it was like I was so focused on this end goal that I, I wasn't living in the present moment and I wasn't you know embracing what I had in front of me and you know it really was just such a, a great growth period and I just um you know, instead of really birthing a fourth child, I feel mm-hmm. like I really birthed my passion and purpose, like in life to help other women that are, yeah. you know, it's just such a, such an intense journey, these family building experiences, mm-hmm. and they're so different, you know, and unique to everyone. So mm-hmm.
0: when was the point where you kind of let go of the idea of the fourth child?
1: Oh, God, it was such a journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, literally, like a decade, but I would say, really, when I hit that low point in the parking lot, I knew I had to kind of, like, make a change and call and, and reach out. And then I hearing myself, I was just like, this doesn't feel right. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, even when I left my job, in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh, maybe I can convince my husband, we can handle a fourth, you know, by staying mm-hmm. at home with them. And then, but really, it was during that journey, um, through IVF, and really learning, like, I remember I was listening to actually an Eckhart Tolle book, the power mm-hmm. of now. Yeah. And it was like, I was like on a run and like one of the things he said, which was just basically like, what if there was no future and there's no past and there's only right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. And there, you know, why am I missing right now? You know, it kind of just mm-hmm. hit me in this, like um, as like an epiphany or a revelation. And, and that's when I really like started to, adapt that kind of conscious mindset of really trying to be present and and once I did that too then everything kind of like you know fell into place and I realized like this is our perfect family and was meant to be and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's crazy now like you know when you kind of um, after you can look back and it's actually wild like the second night um in the hospital after having my twins I actually had this like dream and it was such a vivid dream and there was a little boy in it and the girls were running in a field and it's just mm. so wild. It was like a premonition before my wow. son was even born. <laughs> I know. And it's like, you know, it's like all these signs sometimes life gives us mm-hmm. that we just don't see until after. And um, so I am so, I really am so blessed and grateful, but I'm glad I think you do have to go through all of these challenges
0: mm-hmm. in
1: your journey to kind of help you along.
0: But Yes, that's for sure, for sure. (laughs) And with going through the infertility journey, how did it affect your relationship with your husband? Oh, greatly.
1: Um, (laughs) the (laughs) first time, the first time, I'd say honestly, we we never had been more connected, and we were, um, like I said, we would go for a walk every morning, and we really were just like really united. And Mm -hmm. then that second journey was where I had to, we really had to like look at everything and we were just arguing all the time and it really wasn't good so it was I think my own self-healing journey that helped like keep it all together but Mm -hmm. um yeah it was challenging at times for sure
0: yeah how did you cope with the ups and downs of infertility like having a failed cycle the IUIs didn't work out like how did yeah how did you stay positive through it all?
1: I think just like uh, being, having my husband there for support and, you know, knowing we really wanted this and working together and um, just kind of supporting each other when we were down. But it was definitely, it was very, very hard. And now with all these holistic tools that I've learned now to help with just my anxiety, um, such as like, you know, meditation, breathing, I, d- I didn't have all of that then. And I, I wish I did, I think it would have been a, really a lot more helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have, you know, support from multiple people and people that were going through it. And I think that would have been, like, so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I think just having the support of my husband and kind of just taking it step by step and trying to be open helped a lot.
0: Okay, What are the top things that you do consistently for your health?
1: Um,
0: I love this question (laughs) Mm because I love
1: health and wellness now. But um, so, yeah, I definitely top, I would say for movement uh, or for one of my top things is definitely movement. Like I just Mm -hmm. feel like I need to release those endorphins every day. And I am a morning person. So I do try and get up before the kids and either like go for a run or do yoga Or something that's just gonna like wake me up and get me going for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also love uh, meditation, as I just mentioned, like I've Mm -hmm. been doing, um, I've been learning a lot, I took a course on it. And, um, and as I was mentioning, I'm a little bit of a nerd. So like, one of the studies that I was reading through Harvard had showed that there is a link of um, showing that a group of people that meditated for 27 minutes a day over eight weeks actually showed like brain function changes and reduction of stress. So I just feel like reading things like that helps me like stay focused and know that there is a long term benefit Mm -hmm. to that. And at the end of my meditation every day, I only do about 10 minutes, but I always add um, like three things I'm grateful for to try and get me into Mm -hmm. that like present moment. And Mm -hmm. um, I love that. Thank you. And then the last thing I would say is probably breathing, which again, like all of these things are pretty simple, but like, the more you practice them, like I feel like it's definitely the the, be- the best thing that gets me out of my anxiety and like, mm-hmm. gets me into that rest and digest response. So yes. I try and do um, the four, seven, eight technique, which is like breathing in for four and holding it for seven and out for eight.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so yeah, I find those things really helpful.
0: Awesome. What is Mm -hmm. your message to women out there struggling with infertility?
1: Um, Oh my gosh. I just, I really want to honor everyone where they are right now on their journey. And just like, you know, if you're struggling right now to make sure you give yourself grace and know that you're not alone and your feelings are so valid. Um, You know, I think it's not talked about so much. So we think it's not as common, but you know, it's, it's a real thing. And scientific study has shown too. like their psychological impact of infertility is comparable to someone with Mm -hmm. cancer. So it's like, you know, just knowing that your feelings are are valid. Um, And like, you know, even uh, Brene Brown, who's one I'm a fan of as well, she says about courage and vulnerability that having the courage to show up when you can't control the out having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome is is courage and vulnerability. And to me, Mm -hmm. it's just like the definition of infertility, right? It's like every month they're showing up month after month and just how brave and and wonderful they are.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. How can people reach you?
1: Um, People? So yeah, people can find me on my website, which is the Fertility Mama. It's M-A-M-A is how you spell it. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up for my newsletter there to get um, your free gift of eight steps to take control of your fertility journey now. And I also have an Instagram account, um, which again is the Fertility Mama, M-A-M-A-M-A, um, where I try and tell my story and just kind of um, hopefully inspire other women and give them hope and inspiration on their journey.
0: Awesome. I'll have all of those links in the show notes so anyone can find you and click on those links and... They'll be directed right to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your fertility coaching?
1: Yes, I would love to. Um, so I provide one-on-one coaching, and I really, um, you know, meet the client where they're at because I just, I know how overwhelming the journey can be, and there's many different aspects, like you mentioned, like mm. your relationship and the diet, and um, so kind of just helping them where they feel stuck, and then we can work from there on, Um, some tools that can help them. Um, And I also have a self care challenge on my website as well. Mm -hmm. So it's um, kind of, you know, filled with some different prompts, like journal prompts has personality tests, uh, meditation guides, breathing techniques, relationship quizzes, things like that. Um, And includes like a daily journal there for kind of intended for the 14 day, two week wait, but it's Mm -hmm. like you can use it 14 pages to print out to hold you accountable, but it's really to be used, you know, at any point in your, in your journey. So
0: Mm, that sounds awesome. Thank you. Okay. So for everyone who um, wants to connect with Kira, it's thefertilitymama.com and also Instagram at thefertilitymama. Thank you so much, Kira, for taking the time to be in the podcast today.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. I really appreciate it.
0: awesome was that if you enjoyed today's episode subscribe and I would love to receive a review from you and let's keep this conversation going what is your fertility journey like how are you choosing to be compassionate with yourself subscribe to the fertility stories podcast I've got a new episode coming your way next week and until then talk soon